Hello and welcome to Ole Podcast. Today will be me, Oleg, with a guest speaker. Hey, I'm Dennis. Dennis here will be a neutral soccer fan for us that doesn't know as much. He'll still be participating and giving his insight as well. Um, today we will be talking about the Cristiano Ronaldo transfer rumors to Juventus and also the World Cup. So first we're going to start off with uh, the Ronaldo rumors. So there have been rumors the last few days about Ronaldo going to Juve from Real Madrid and... This has just been crazy. Have you heard anything about it, Dennis? Have not, but I can tell you I do have a Huey jersey, so, you know, <laughs> I feel like I'm quite prepared. There you go. There you go. Well, if this actually happens, this will be huge. It will be a shock to world of football, world soccer, however you want to call it. And my opinion, I, I don't know. Usually when these rumors come around, so I'm a big Ronaldo fan, so I, I usually know about these rumors, and usually these rumors come around. They never happen. It's usually, I, I think, kind of a cry for a contract raise, to, to for a salary raise in his contract. But this time, it actually seems kind of real. And I don't know. These rumors are just, they're kind of scaring me because I'm a Real Madrid fan. And I don't know. Do you think they're going to they're gonna happen, Dennis? I think it's certainly a question we have to ask ourselves. Like, where is this information coming from? Because if you think about it, rumors, they're just people talking, you know, in the way we use in a daily sense of the word, but it's banter in the soccer speak, in the news, um, something to write about, you know, something interesting based off maybe what the assistant to some contract manager said or something like that, some a word, a peak, a overhearing of a telephone call. We don't know what's going on, but it's usually content that's able to be served on these news websites. You know, you always have to have content SEO running on a website for people to find your stuff. But I do think it's really interesting because we've had this rivalry for the past maybe decade almost, where it's Ronaldo versus Messi, and it's it, you've seen the battle happen on the FIFA covers. You know, Ronaldo finally winning out this year. He was on the Pez one, I think, the last year and the last two years. So it's really interesting to see like the move and the transition, um, and the rumors about this move and transition. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. Really, I don't. But just the talking about it, you know, it brings people onto these content websites to see the, where these rumors are about. And to, you know, having more people go through your news website means you can make more money off advertising. So I think they're doing really successful right now. That's that's true. That's true. These uh, someone someone hears about something little like this and they all try to be the first ones to to uh, how do you say it? just release the stories. So everyone comes looking, everyone comes to uh, to read it and make more money. But in reality, I feel like this is this is more real than all the other rumors because there there have been apparently apparently Ronaldo to uh to what's his name Agnelli. He's he's one of the like the upper high, higher up people in Juventus. Apparently, he promised him that he's going to. Juve. I don't know if this is true, and there also have been some some sort of reliable sources like Marca, which is uh, related to Real Madrid, and they claim that Ronaldo has claimed that he has stated to the president that he is leaving for sure. I don't know. This is this is. I don't know if whether to believe this or not, but let's hap- Let's talk about um, why he would want to leave. Well, I mean, 
why he would want to leave. He's been in the same club for how long, Oleg? Nine years. He's been nine in Real years. for nine you years. You know, like, I've been in high school for what? Like, I've been in the same high school since seventh grade for, like, six years, five and a half years. I got sick of it. So, Ronaldo playing for Real Madrid, he might have got sick of it. Maybe the politics of it, maybe being part of, you know, a club that has had, what, two movies already made about it? And that's, that's not even talking about documentaries. So... Um, actually, as I have it pulled up right now on goal.com, there's different like competing sources, like, you know, talking about is he moving? He is moving. He's moved. You know, there's all the different stages. Goal.com posted 13 hours ago, um, that he has already agreed to join Juventus, that he signed a contract for 30 million per season. So, you know, they say that it says, quote unquote, goal can confirm the 33 year old is close to completing a move to the Syria side, having already reached an agreement over a four year contract worth 30 million euros per season or pounds per season. Juventus still have to negotiate a fee with Madrid and are expected to have to pay upwards of 100 million euros, but could go as high as 120 million euros. So, you know, Goal says it's so, and, you know, goal is a big, you know, thing in the media, so I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe just banter? You see, I, he lives, his home nation is Portugal. He's living in Madrid. He's close to all his businesses. He's close to his home, his home nation. I just don't see a reason for him to leave. He's in one of the best clubs in the world. He's won the Champions League three years in a row, which... Maybe it's becoming too repetitive for him. Maybe he needs a new challenge. Maybe it's just getting boring at Real Madrid. He's won everything at Real Madrid. He's won everything at Manchester United. Maybe he wants to prove himself in another league. Maybe he wants to make another GOAT claim, as I could say. Maybe, like, since he's proved himself in England and Spain, maybe if he proves himself in Italy also, that can have... Have him have another higher up like argument over Messi that he's proved himself in three leagues. And also, like, if you think about it, there's no better way to go out on a high than winning the Champions League three times in a row. Like, that's that's just legendary. Winning the Champions League once is insane. Winning it three times and bowing out as a top scorer of the club and an absolute legend, probably the best player to ever play, arguably, at Real Madrid. It's that's that's my only that's my only conclusion but honestly i personally as a real madrid fan i would want him to stay for an, at least another year or two possibly retire at the club or go home to sporting lisbon where he started his career i think that would be ideal but it's not my decision to make and it's i don't it's just crazy i just would not expect this but See, I don't think that it's because of his old age, too, because, you know, the tradition has now been that if you are a a quote unquote legendary status player, like in the in fame and whichever, you have two options. You either go to the MLS or you go to China. That's it's literally it right now. And so China has the money and America has the so-called culture. People want to rejuvenate soccer here. And so there are people like Beckham who are making clubs. And there are people like David Vila playing for New York City FC. And so it's just like a bunch of old guys. Like, like um, like what's his name? This the Swedish guy with the ponytail. Zlatan. Zlatan, my apologies, guys. I told doofus here. But um, yeah, it's just, I, I don't think that Cristiano has the attitude to go to the MLS like that. I, I could honestly see him going to some Turkish team, you know, when he's older, but he's not old. He's 33. He's, um, he's held out strong. 
So it's definitely not because he's old. I don't know if you guys will find this interesting, but I see a lot of similarities between Cristiano Ronaldo and LeBron James, especially since just a few days ago, LeBron James actually moved to a different team also. Where'd he move to? He tr- he went from the Cleveland Cavaliers, his home team, obviously, to uh, the LA Lakers. If you didn't, It's a $150 million move, and that was kind of a big shock as well. Is that a record move? I, I don't know. I'm not a basketball fan. I couldn't tell you. Damn. I just know that both LeBron James is 33 years old. Cristiano Ronaldo is 33 years old. If he moves also, it's it's just crazy similarities. They're both the same age. They both, they're both like, they're physically monsters. They're both, they both spend hours and hours in the gym. And at an age where you're supposed to decline, it seems like they're just going as strong as they ever have been in their peak, which I find pretty interesting. Who would be like the crazy, fast, large players, the the players that are legendary to play with at Juve for him? Uh, that are currently playing? That are currently, like who would, you know, like Messi, he, what would he have at um, at Barcelona? He had Xavi and Iniesta, right? Those are his two yeah. best buds. Who would be his, his new quote-unquote best buds at Juve? So you see at Juve, their striker is Gonzalo Higuain, who used to play at Real Madrid, and R- Ronaldo spent four years with him, I believe. So they are already would have some chemistry together. And the other strong players at Juventus are uh, Dybala from Argentina. Very good player. There's also Pjanic. There's Douglas Costa. There's Mandzukic. There's a, there's a number of good players on the team. I don't think they're as good as Real Madrid. But they're definitely the best team in Italy. I definitely think he can... Uh, he would increase their chances of winning the Champions League. But I don't know if they will. They're, I guess we'll have to see. What he, were their league standings last year? So they, they won the league last year. They've won the the league in Italy the last five or six years in a row. Maybe even seven, I believe. They've been dominating in, uh, domestically in Italy for the past more than few years. They've been, they've been killing it. Where is Juventus located? Turin. Turin. Do they have nice beaches? <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe he wants to take little Junior out for a swim. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It, also, like, Ronaldo has so many businesses and all. It might be just expand his businesses to Italy, but I don't know. I just feel like being in Madrid is just so close to home. Just, yeah. All right. So, uh, I think that's enough about Ronaldo. Let's, uh, Move on to the biggest, the biggest soccer occasion in the world, the World Cup. So the set of sixteen, the last sixteen has finished, and actually tomorrow are going to be the first quarterfinal games. And um, from the last podcast, I, my predictions weren't weren't the best. I'll admit that some of them I got some right actually. So if you guys don't know, I had. I had Argentina beating France and Portugal beating Uruguay, which did not happen. It was a complete opposite. And I did have Brazil and Belgium winning. I got that right. I had Spain winning against Russia, which I got completely wrong. Did not expect that. That was a huge upset. And I actually, yeah, I got the refs right. Croatia, Sweden, and England winning. So let's just have a quick summary of all the games. First, we'll talk about France-Argentina. Dennis, do you 
Do you know anything about this game? All that I know is I see I'm the producer of Edge Podcast and Ole Podcast, and so I've heard the Ole Podcast episode one maybe fifth five and a half times over. So I've definitely heard Oleg and Josiah talking the last one a lot about France. So I would they were really hyping it up, so I had no way that I could doubt them. So I didn't get the chance to watch this entire game, which very mad about because this was a cracker. This was insane. Four three, crazy. Messi bows out in the last sixteen. Young Mbappe turns up big. This man has pace. I'm 18 years old. Dennis is 18 years old. Mbappe is 19 years old. One year older than us, making millions, knocking Messi out of the World Cup. Insane. And some of the goals in this game, too. Angel Di Maria with a goal from about 30 yards out. Crazy. And the French defender, Pavard, also with an insane volley. This game just... This game was just... uh, cracking game I, I wish i could have watched the full game i only watched part of the first half i had to work unfortunately but france looked good can't lie france is clicking their chemistry is coming together and they look good and let's move on to uh uruguay portugal this game uruguay beat portugal 2-1 i did watch the full game uruguay let me tell you dennis uruguay look good i mean they're stacked uruguay they're compact, they're organized, their defense is on point, can't lie. And they have the men to finish it off up top, Cavani and Suarez. One of the, two of the, probably, probably, they're both probably in the top five strikers, maybe t- top ten strikers of the world for sure. And uh, Cavani with two brilliant goals, and uh, Pepe scored for Portugal. Ronaldo couldn't really do anything, but... Yeah, Ronaldo and Messi bow out in the same day and go home. And that really that really puts a big dent in there. So how was Cavani doing? Oh, Cavani. Oh, so Cavani, two brilliant goals. But unfortunately, he had an injury. And Ronaldo had a very nice gesture. He helped him off the field. But yeah, that's very um, not, it's not good for Uruguay. And I think that will harm their chances of uh, beating France, definitely. But, yeah, so like I was saying, Messi and Ronaldo, this harms, uh, puts a big dent in their GOAT claim because if you want to be the GOAT, you have to have a World Cup. Like, no matter, Argentina wasn't that that good, this World Cup. Portugal was okay, but if you want to consider yourself the GOAT, you have to carry your team and win the World Cup, my opinion. But but still, two amazing players, definitely top five, for, in my opinion, in history. Some people consider them the GOAT, but that's that's my opinion. Dennis, what do you say? See, I my opinion, the World Cup is the World Cup, with or without Messi or Ronaldo. This has been a media rivalry, in my opinion. I think that it's been a th- something that people can profit off of, that magazines can talk about, that um, you know, toy makers can profit off of that FIFA and Pez can, you know, compete over it. Honestly, if I think soccer is a sport for all and football is a sport for all, but you know, they, they're two incredible players. But I think even during their prime, there were some players that were almost at their level or even, you know, this might be, this might be weird, but at their level. So I don't, you know, a, a world cup without them is a world cup to me nonetheless very interesting point of view 
from Dennis. And uh, we're going to move along to the other side of the bracket. So, Russia defeated Spain. Who saw that coming? I honestly, I, no disrespect to Russia. I said this in the previous podcast with Josiah. No disrespect to Russia. They've had brilliant tournaments so far. But I honestly thought that Spain was going to, was going to turn up big in this game and win like four or five nothing. That wasn't the case. It's one one. Spain just possessed, 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 but just couldn't, couldn't score. They scored one own goal, but the game dragged on to penalties and Russia won it. And what a story for the hosts. And what a save for uh, their keeper, Akinfeyev, to win the shootout. Um, next game, Croatia-Denmark. This is uh, Dennis's team that he wants to work, win, right? I mean, it's solely my team because I own a Croatia hat. So I think that that's like a good qualifier to put money on it. You know, I wish sport betting was legal in the US of A, but it's not. Only college betting is, and they're only rolling it out until like 2020. So... I'm a real sad boy over here. There you have it. Um, so Croatia, Denmark. I thought, honestly, I thought Croatia was easily going to win this game, but that wasn't, that wasn't the case. It was a very, very tight. The game started off very, in a very entertaining fashion with two goals in the first five minutes from each team. But then the rest of the game just dragged on and on. And it was kind of boring, to be honest. And Croatia just, was not as good as in the group stage games. And um, then in overtime, Modric, in the last few minutes of overtime, Modric had a chance to just seal the game. And I'm a big fan of Modric. I, I love his work rate, his creativity, his vision. And I just, I expected him to put this one away, but he, 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 he kind of, he choked kind of like Ronaldo and Messi in the, with the other penalties. And um, yeah, that took it to, to a penalty shootout. And I gotta say, I respect Modric for taking another penalty because that that took some balls, if I have to say myself. Because if he missed another one, man, those Croatians eat him up. That probably, but Rakitic to seal the penalty shootout, man, ice in his veins stepped up with all that pressure, pressure of the whole nation, the whole the whole world watching him, and just put that penalty away win it for Croatia all right next we're going to Brazil Mexico Brazil with a I'd say pretty comfortable win against Mexico Ochoa Ochoa with brilliant brilliant saves about about 10 saves I don't know for sure eight nine ten saves Dennis over here had some uh some experience as a keeper <laughs> you know anything about Ochoa <laughs> Don't know. I all I know is I competed against um, on my local team. I competed against a guy, and we took PKs against the guy who kind of looked like Ochoa. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and he was wicked good. And is he as good as Ochoa? I I don't know how good Ochoa <laughs> is, but this guy was like flying into the air. This guy was getting upper ninety every time. I there was you, like, there you go, guys. If you want to be an insane keeper, grow out really long curly hair. Okay, that's the elixir right there. There you have it. So Brazil with a pretty comfortable win, and um, Neymar. Neymar had a great game, scored a goal and got an assist. Tended to roll around some more in this game. Name my my boy Neymar here is getting quite roasted on social media because because of his play acting. And not just on social media. It was like I was reading posts on USA Today of of 
uh, opinion article writers talking about how he was acting too much. And, you know, I was in theater for three years. You know, <laughs> I could fall better than this guy. I've taken a few falls in RDYSL and gotten the refs to give the yellow card to the keeper. You know, that's just my, I like to play a little bit. But, dude, Neymar, like, they would just, like, not even touch him and he would flop. Like, I think in the USA Today article I read, he did, like, four and a half rolls for just touching. I was like, come on, Ney, like, what are you doing? Did they give you too much caffeine this time? <laughs> yeah, I read. A, I actually read a stat today. It was all over Instagram. And it said that so far in the World Cup, Neymar has spent a total 14 minutes rolling around on the ground. Or on, or just on the ground. But that's, that's 14 minutes that he could have been up. He could have been trying to have an impact on the game that he spent on the ground. Like... I know I'm a nerd in soccer. I read Soccer IQ 1 and 2. I know that, you know, you have to, you know, you don't have to fall for it to be a foul, but you're more likely to get it called if you do if you do fall. But, like, if you fall and do four and a half rolls, that's helping no one. Like, just do one roll, maybe. <laughs> why Why do you have to do four or five? Like, I hate the word extra, but that's, that's extra. That, that's the definition of extra. Like, Neymar... You're you're an amazing player. He's he's an idol for so many people. He's probably probably the third or fourth best player in the world right now. And like you got so many people looking up to you. Why do you have to do that? Now all these kids that love Neymar are going to be playing games and just trying to like definitely dive and roll around. Like, come on, just, just you want to have them try to emulate your skills, your goals, not your flopping. Definitely. You know, there people talk about role models in sports and whatever, and that's it's a big thing, especially in America. And you know, he has great goals and he has great flops, but now the World Cup has seen what how many goals has he had? This World Cup? Yeah. He's had two goals so far. So neither. You need more. More goals, less flops. Get with it. That's true. But Neymar has come back from a tough injury. He was out for like three months, so I think he's been performing pretty well, but for the player of his caliber, definitely. More goals. You know who gets injured all the time? Marco Royce. You know who doesn't flop? Marco Royce. End of story. So maybe maybe if you flop more, then you prevent injuries. Because before they touch you, you you fall to the ground. Conspiracy theory. Do-do-do-do. Maybe. Maybe even though Neymar was just injured, so uh, that kind of backfires. <laughs> what was his injury? Um, it was, I remember because it was actually right before PSG played against Real Madrid. I honestly forgot. It might have been an ankle injury. Ankle, yeah. Easy to roll your ankle. Um, yeah, I'm not sure, but. But, but yeah. damn, those Russians. How do they win against Spain? You know what I think? So Putin. <laughs> Putin? No. It's a, this is no political philosophy going into this. You know, me, I like supplements. And you know, you know what I see? All of the greatest cognition supplements were invented in Russia, you know? So they had some guys in the lab. They're like, okay, so we know WADA doesn't allow this thing. Let's change one thing of the molecule. Give it to these soccer players and they'll go off. (laughs) So you have the crowd cheering. You have illegal Russian drugs from Siberia. (laughs) You you have the, the ice cold blood, you know? 
Ice cold blood is not blood, it's vodka, just telling you. <laughs> the guy's going crazy, you know? I feel like Russia, after that, it, they had just, like, a day off. Like, nobody like nobody came back to work after the game, and they didn't come the next day because they were too hungover. And then in Spain, nobody came to work because they were hungover because they were too upset. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> My dad works for a Spanish-owned company, and so, uh, like, after Russia lost, the next day, none of the Spanish guys came into work none it's like it's like after a breakup they're probably all having ice cream getting hung over maybe i don't know what kind of ice cream they're having dog <laughs> yeah crazy crazy just like russian olympics the guys got banned because of doping yeah but that's different like that's a government sponsored doping i feel like you know what was in the euro cup that france was caught or her, i think it was france was caught using caffeine supplements that were like above the sun it was like i saw that they were using they had like pictures of caffeine supplements that the players were using and they were like above the um allowed amount of caffeine and whatever and so like even that's so tightly regulated but yeah with russia it's just kind of instilled into the program they got that kind of oligarchical style where they're like you take drugs or else <laughs> but nevertheless this is a historic for russia beating spain man and getting to the quarterfinals in general it's just insane i did not expect them ex- expect them to go this far and this is just historic i i agree all the russians after this game man they were probably partying drinking so much <laughs> after nine months nine months from the the day after this there's going to be, like, a baby boom in Russia. I'm calling it. There's like going to be a baby boom. Like, I can imagine, like, all the dads right after the game, they went out and they went to the bars and get slammed. How many kids got left at the daycare centers waiting for their dads to pick them up? <laughs> That's crazy. But, yes, Russia got slammed and Spain, they both got slammed, man. Liquor's flowing in Europe. I can tell you that. That's a fact. All right, moving on to Belgium, Japan. This game, first half... First half, 0-0, zero, zero, like, kind of boring, kind of, like, not bad, like, uh, okay, whatever. Second half starts, boom, Japan, two goals, 2-0 two, up. Like, what? Who saw that coming? Who scored them? Who scored them? Uh, I know one of them was Inuai, the other guy, i not sure how to pronounce the name, I forgot the name, so I'm, I don't want to disrespect the man, but I just don't remember, because I don't know all the Japanese players. Does uh, Shinji Kagawa still play for Japan? He does, and... He had a pretty solid game. And Japan 2-0 up. I honestly, I did not see, I did not expect Belgium to have the spirit to make the comeback. But they did it. They won 3-2. I did not, I did not expect that. But Belgium, this just, I mean, it's not good that they went 2-0 down in the first place. But this shows their character, their spirit, their pride. And they made the comeback. And that's just, that's just insane. And this sets up. A cracking game in the quarterfinals for Brazil, Belgium. That's just oof, that's that's gonna be a good one. That's that's like a final in my eyes, honestly. Yeah, um, those are just two not powerhouses. They're just two stacked teams. It's like if they were in a medicine cabinet and like Brazil and Japan. And if you just like spilled both of those pill bottles and you know they were all in one group and you just took a handful and like you ate it, you'd go insane. There's literally, I don't know why, like, even, like, the worst players in Belgium, insane. Stacked. Even even their bench is good. Same with Brazil. Same with France. France is so stacked. All right, let's move on. 
Let's move on to Sweden, Switzerland. Now, this was probably the, the like, least entertaining of all the games in the set of 16. But, you know, I, I was watching this game, and Sweden looked good. You know, they don't have any superstars. They don't have Zlatan Ibrahimovic anymore to, like, rely on. But they're just a solid team, you know? Mm-hmm. They just work as a unit. Their defense is good. These guys are massive. They're all so good. Like, Switzerland... I feel like Switzerland's tactic was just crossing the ball as much as possible in the box, and it just did not work. Sweden won every single header, I feel like. And they, they kind of got lucky. They scored off a deflected goal, but I feel like in the end, Sweden deserved it. They worked harder. They're more of a compact, more more a compact team with more chemistry, and Switzerland have more superstars. That's not really superstars, but more like well-known players, but I feel like they just lacked creativity, and Sweden deserved it in the end. Yeah, I heard that keyword there, deserved it. I mean, in my opinion, in soccer, there is absolutely no deserve. This is a game of luck, you know, especially at the younger levels. But, you know, here we're talking about the older levels. But yes, it's just whoever can kick the ball into this net that's like super large. <laughs> that's yeah, it. You never know what's going to happen, but... You don't get you don't get scored based on passing ratio or the amount of saves you make. No. Yeah, but there are clearly some more dominant teams that shoot more and control the game more. But, but look yeah. at Spain. Look at them. They had incredible passing, incredible control. Yeah, I just think, yeah. Did they deserve like, it? That's tactics, too. Like, Rush just parked the bus in that game. And it worked. Sometimes that tactic is not the most entertaining. It's not the most ideal. They just defended pretty much the whole game, but it worked. Just... Had the whole team in their half, basically, but yeah, you never know what's going to happen in the beautiful game. All right, now let's move on to the last game out of the last 16, Columbia, England. Dennis, is football coming home? Football's not coming home. You don't think football's coming home? No, I've not been a fan of England, especially with all their YouTube celebrities getting into boxing. Come on, (laughs) stop that. Stay on YouTube, make your ad money, and like buy new gaming seats for for and like best gaming computers for your Fortnite because that's all you're gonna be doing at home. Get out of boxing, guys, please. <laughs> they like do all these charity matches and nobody shows up. It's like I feel bad. Like at least I I respect the YouTubers that like make the charity football matches because then people actually come out to those. And it's like Wembley Stadium, whatever. You get legends to come, like Shamichael did, but like. I, that's personally, I don't like England now because we got people doing boxing matches. <laughs> there you have it. Yeah, well, so this game, this game was weird. So much diving, so many dirty tackles, and just like elbowing and like fighting and stuff. This, this game was just weird. It was not as like entertaining football wise, soccer wise. It was just a dirty game. And in my opinion, I think England were the better side. They were more creative and made more chances. I think they deserve to win. And uh, Harry Kane, Harry Kane started off the scoring in that game, uh, putting England in the lead to make it 1-0. And England all but sealed the win. Man, Colombia did show some some insane spirit by scoring in like the, the last minute. Yeri Mino, the third goal of his of the tournament. He's a he's a center back too third goal and to take it overtime and then it went to penalties 
And you know, before this, England were in three penalty shootouts in the World Cup, in their World Cup history, and they've lost all three of them. So everyone, every single English fan, every single person on social media was like, England lost it. It's it's over. Mm-hmm. And then they won. They won in the shootout. And um, Eric Dyer scored the winning PK. And England fans just went wild. Yeah. It's just crazy. They actually won a, won a penalty shootout. And that's, that's probably going to be a mental boost to all the players that they kind of like overcame this curse. And, and they're in the quarterfinals. And no disrespect to Sweden, but I think England have a very good chance of making the semifinals. But it will be very difficult because Sweden is a very, very compact, organized team. Donis, you wanna you want you wanna make some predictions? No, I wanna ask questions. Like who's gonna win, England or Sweden? Because you've been saying Sweden is compact this whole game, and then you're saying names like Harry Kane, which I just see penetrating through defenders. <laughs> so, you know, who do you think? I think England England have the better squad. England should win, unless they just they have a terrible game or they make some huge mistakes. Uh, England is definitely expected to win and should win. But Sweden have showed that they're a solid side and they could put up a, bi- a good fight. But yeah, in my opinion, England England should go through. Interesting. All right, so we're, we're also going to have Croatia-Russia. I was hoping to see Croatia-Spain. I thought that would be an awesome game. But we're going to have to deal with this instead. And who knows? This might be a cracking game also. But This is definitely going to be a cracking <laughs> game. What do you get? Vodka blood and you have uh, blonde hair flopping around? Come on. Like you got 14 different itches on the team, bro. This is going to be insane. Man, if Russia win this game, that's going to be crazy. I don't the think Russia's going to win this game. That's going to be insane. I... You think Croatia is going to win? I definitely do. Like I, I was saying this a week ago, right after uh, the recording of episode one, I made my own bracket and I had to make sure that Croatia was <laughs> in the end. See, my prediction is that it's going to be Croatian Uruguay in the finals. Really? But I, I don't know, man. All that I've heard about Croatia, I think that they, they have, they haven't had any serious injuries and Russia has just kind of been lucky through this whole thing. Who knows? I mean, who's, who's going ham on Russia right now? Cherry Chev. Cherry Chev has been pretty good. How many goals do you think he has? He has he has three goals in the tournament so far. I don't know how many assists. Mm-hmm. And he scored in the shootout also. Who's the best on Croatia? Croatia. Croatia. Modric has, and Rakitic, right? Yeah, that midfield duo is definitely insane. Modric and Rakitic. Modric plays for Real Madrid, Rakitic for Barcelona. Okay. And they also have other like really good players, Perisic, uh Mandzukic from Juve. Uh, Kovacic also plays for... Are Madrid. they better than Cherishev? Croatia definitely has the better side, yes, on paper. On paper? And I think they should win, should go through, unless that'll be a huge shock if Russia goes through. Damn, and then they would be playing against potentially England then. Yeah. <laughs> you see, you know what's weird to think about, though? One of these four teams, Russia, Croatia, Sweden, or England, is going to be in the final, 100%. One of those four teams... Yeah, if you, if you when you say it like that, it puts it all into perspective, because England has a one in four chance of taking it home. Then, you know, Sweden has a one in four chance, and so you have to think about all the different tactics and the players. It's a strategy game now. You know, um, I have the app BetMob, and they puts like odds on every game, 
And so some of these are kind of wild, like Russia and Croatia. I think Russia has four 4.0 odds of winning, you know, 4.0 returns if they win. And Croatia has 2.2. So they have the so-called advantage than the ones that, that are going to win. But you know, it's like a question of who is analyzing this and whichever. So I think it's really fun and interesting to talk about the different players and the tactics. Um, just who is going to be the side that's able to score. Because it's not who's the better side, who's the more compact side. Because tactics change all the time, especially when you're playing, when you're up against a better team. You know, you're definitely going to adjust your tactics specifically for that team. And especially since they, especially since they had like, what, four, four or five days to prepare now? Oh uh, yeah, 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 pretty much. Um also what's weird to think about is for these teams playing the quarterfinals, technically it's just three wins to be a World Cup champion, to be a world champion. That's all it takes, three more wins. That's asking a lot though. It is. And even for this side, like they it, it is this side of the bracket is much weaker. Like we we got to admit, but still, whoever makes it to the final out of these four teams it's still going to have to meet either France, Uruguay, Brazil, or Belgium. Which are powerhouses. Powerhouses. That's a fact. Th- that side of the bracket is just stacked. I can't lie. That is... Who made that bracket? <laughs> Kick them out. <laughs> Fire them. Put them on the Pez team. All right. And let's talk about France, Uruguay. Who do you think is going to win that, Dennis? Well, I've already said this. Uruguay is in the final with Croatia. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> That's right. I mean, what's Cavani's injury? I'm not sure. I just know he's injured. You know how long he's going to be out for? I know. I read that he should be out of the France game for sure. Yeah, it says that he's doubtful for the quarterfinal. It's a calf injury. Calf. Oof. Those are don't you can't play soccer without your calves. You can't. Um, yeah, I still have Uruguay in the end. You see, I I really liked what I saw in Uruguay, Portugal. The way Uruguay played, I was very impressed. But without Cavani, I just I just don't see it happening. I really don't. Damn. And that France, changes everything. France with their with their quality, their star quality, their mixture of youth and experience. I th- I think they should win. I think it'll be a close one. It'll definitely be close because of Uruguay's defense. But I think I think France is going to win. And Mbappe to have another big game. Yeah, Cavani missed three straight days of training, and then he returned for the fourth day for some light work, not even with the team. So yeah, I very, might have to dumb. resend that Uruguay then. I don't know, but I really want to see them. I really like really want to see that happen. And for Brazil, Belgium, man, that is tough to call. I don't, I don't know. I don't know which way to go. Flip a coin. That's what I say. I, I might as well. These are, these are two very stacked sides. I don't even know what I would predict. I think, I think I'm gonna have to say Brazil, but that's a tough one. Both that that's a final in my eyes, honestly. And then a- any, any of those teams making it to the semifinals on that side of the bracket, I f- I feel like. Is like another final, pretty much, too. These games are just... Man, I'm excited to see these games. It's definitely a weird game, because in most of these, like Russia-Spain, um, Croatia-Denmark, you know, they're definitely... It's a, either like a powerhouse, um, like, a you know, just a program win, or an upset. And so, a game like Brazil and Belgium, 
either team wins, there's no upset. These are just like two equal offenders. It's an unstoppable force versus an immovable object. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. And um, so every team has potentially three games left if they make the final. For some, it may be the last. But these last couple of games in the playoff rounds of the World Cup, we could potentially see some legends form in just three games, just because of the caliber of the games, just because of the pressure, the huge, just, just because of how big the moment is. And the few big names left in the tournament, in my opinion, are Mbappe, Kane, Neymar, and Modric. And I believe if if one of if any of these players have bring their bring their nation to World Cup glory, they're they're gonna become legends. They become legends. Possibly of the, possibly legends of the game, legends for their country, of course, and maybe for players like Kane and Neymar, I think maybe even it, it could help them win the Ballon d'Or. How old are each of these players? So Mbappe, very young, nineteen years old. Kane is twenty-four years old. Neymar is either twenty-five or twenty-six, I believe, and Modric is a bit older. I believe he's thirty-one. I'm not sure. I have to look it up real quick. 32. Modric is 32 years old. There you have it. And yeah, since Ronaldo and Messi are out of the World Cup, I think this this might give open up the opportunity for someone else to win the Ballon d'Or, potentially. I don't know if it's actually going to happen because of the popularity of Messi and Ronaldo, but... When did... Uh, at what ages did Messi win it? Messi has never won the World Cup. Oh, no, no, the Ballon d'Or. Oh, his first Ballon d'Or? Yes. He won, Messi won his first Ballon d'Or in 2009. And how old was he? He was very young. I think he was 23. And then what was his last? His last Ballon d'Or was in 2015. Okay. Messi is 31 years old right now. Ronaldo's 33. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, that was like 23 to like... late 20s okay yeah Messi was very young well then Modric if he becomes a star he's not winning the Ballon d'Or Modric I think he can be deserving of a Ballon d'Or but just because he's a midfielder and doesn't score as much he doesn't have as much popularity and usually the guys that score a lot have a bigger chance of of winning the Ballon d'Or unless they're like absolutely insane when was the last time a keeper won the Ballon d'Or keeper honestly I don't know I think Lev Yashin Won it a very long time ago, but like in the modern era, I don't think there has been anyone. The closest has been Manuel Neuer in recent years. In 2014, he got third place in the Ballon d'Or rankings after Ronaldo and Messi. Lev Yashin, the great Soviet player, is the only keeper to have ever won the Ballon d'Or back in 1963. There you go. There we go. So it's definitely people who score goals. It's definitely, it's a... It's a side of circumstances. Neymar stops flopping, starts shooting, Ballon d'Or. Kane, what's Kane good at? Kane's a forward. Forward, does he penetrate? Scores, scores a lot. Top score of the World Cup right now with six goals. Damn. Does he like cut in? What's his like main tactic? Well, so far he has three penalty goals, but oh. this man this man is a complete striker. He's big, he's tall, he's strong, scores headers, left foot, right foot. Brilliant hold-up play, great finishing. 
she's just good at being at the right spot at the right time, I guess. And is Mbappe pacey? So fast. So there you go. So fast. It's a game of circumstances, I tell you. So Mbappe, if he keeps on running and using it to his advantage to outrun players like Ronaldo used to do, then there you go. Ballon d'Or. Kane, if he keeps, you know, being the giant in the box, Ballon d'Or. Neymar stops flopping, Ballon d'Or. You know, it's a game of circumstances. And um, Ronaldo has did win the Champions League. Same with Modric this year. So that also puts another factor in the Ballon d'Or question. But winning the World Cup is just it's just so big. It's just it's the biggest stage on the planet for soccer once every four years, and that just that just has to give a big claim to a win a Ballon d'Or. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see who steps up, who doesn't. We'll see how it goes. So. I think that should wrap wrap it up for today. So, who do you see in the final, Oleg? In the final? Well, my original prediction was Brazil, Spain. And Spain's out already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, that didn't work out as well. Now I'm going to say, man, this is tough. Brazil, France. I th- ah, man. See, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my original original prediction of Brazil in the final. Even though it's tempting to go with France, because France France is so good, but man, I don't know if England or Croatia. It's tough. It's really tough, but I'm gonna go with Brazil, England, with football almost coming home, but in the end not coming home. Nope, it's coming home <laughs> to Rio. But yeah, it's tough. It's tough. We'll see. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Croatia in the final too, especially if they turn up and have brilliant games because Croatia can be really good. But uh, I don't know. That's tough. I, I'm gonna stick with Brazil taking it, winning, winning the World Cup. But and ten out ten, guys. If you guys can figure out where to take my money and put it on Croatia, please do comment below. Tell us where we can put our money. Yeah, so um, that pretty much wraps up everything, wraps up our program. Thank you, Dennis, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Putting your insight. And, uh, yeah, that wraps, wraps up. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you on the next episode.